Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Number two on a Monday. Hope you're having a good one. Longhorns know their bowl matchup. Cowboys hanging 54 on somebody in the NFL. That is rare. 6.5 a carry. Sounds pretty good. Chad and Zay with you on this Monday. Coming up at 1.30. We'll tell you about tomorrow. It's a big day on the station. The All-Flex Finalist Day. It'll be an All-Flex Tuesday as we announce the finalists throughout the day. We'll tell you about that. Plus, Zay and I were both at Vandergrift Dripping Springs Part 2. Holy mackerel, what a football game that turned into. We will give you our thoughts coming up. Also, Westlake continues their stomp towards another state title, and some other area teams got wins as well. Uh, Also, big deal in baseball we need to get to. In fact, our next guest might have a thought on it. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. It is Joe Cook of Inside Texas on 3.com. He's at josephcook89 on Twitter. Joe, how are you? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for the time as always. Since you are a baseball guy and a follower of the Astros, give me your thoughts on this Justin Verlander deal. Uh, I think I wrote it down correctly. Two years, 86 million, so basically 43 mil a year for Verlander, for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's tough for me because there's a lot of you know, sentimentality about what Justin Verlander's done uh, ever since he came over to the Astros in, in 2017 and everything that he's accomplished and, and, you know, all that. But, you know, even though he had the type of year he did in Tommy John surgery, like the two years isn't what's bothering me. It's the $43 million. That's a lot of money. And that's Jim Crane, the Astros owner at this point, essentially negotiating his own money. Uh, Steve Cohen had, a, I guess, an intermediary to do it for him. But uh, the Mets aren't afraid to spend some money. I know they kind of limped into the playoffs last year. Um, I think if you're the Astros, you, you're thinking about it as like, look, Verlander, as incredible as he is, is kind of a luxury. Uh, this year, there's a lot of other needs that the Astros need to address. I know they tried to go after first base already. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Michael Brantley and, and maybe some other outfield position players. But I'm not heartbroken about it. I, I, I'm sad to see him go a little bit just because of what he's done for the franchise. But I think as far as the construction of the roster and on the field, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. And we'll let the Mets see if a, uh, you know, a 40-year-old can continue to perform at the highest level of the sport uh, for the next couple of years. 
Joe, the Longhorns are going back to San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl, and they'll be facing the Washington Huskies. And, hell, you might as well have an extra home in San Antonio how many times they go to the Alamo Bowl, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, with them going to the Alamo Bowl and the bowl games, they just don't mean as much as they once did. And I mentioned earlier in our uh, first 1 o'clock hour that I would not like to see – Bijan Robinson or Roshan Johnson, the Marion Overshone, these guys that have big time NFL aspirations play in the game that doesn't mean as much as it once did once upon a time. Yeah, you know what, Zay, I, I'm with you on that front. Um, I, I do understand that fans want to see uh, their star players playing one more game in, in a game kind of like uh, this one where they're playing a top 15 team as a top 20 team um, in a bowl game. I get it. Bijan Robinson doesn't have anything more to prove. Uh, he's a first-round pick. You know, would one more game help DeMarvion Overshone? I, I, and if, if he has 25 tackles in it, maybe, but I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, and that's someone who needs to prove a lot over the uh, next couple months, uh, you know, to show, I think, more there uh, than, you know, what he's filled, uh, to in order to increase his draft stock. Same kind of with Roshan Johnson. You know, what um, – Everybody kind of has seen what he is. If uh, you know, last year he had the opportunity to show what he's like if he's a featured back in that game versus Kansas State. He hadn't had to really do that role that much, but he did it last year. So honestly, for a lot of the seniors, and you know, and I again, I understand a fan perspective to where you want to see your 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 favorite players playing the games one more time. Uh, but you do have a point, and and I think you also have to balance that with the fact that yes, it's the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl is a lot better bowl than it used to be. Uh, it used to kind of be a last, not last dregs, but it was down the selection process. This time, you know, it's the first thing after the, the, the playoff and the Sugar Bowl for the Big 12, and it's pretty high up there as far as the Pac-12 goes, too. So it's a good bowl. It matches up good teams. Uh, but I think what you'll probably see, considering, you know, I know none of those guys have made any announcements quite yet about their intentions. I bet that comes out either this week or next week, just thinking, you know, Texas is going to want to uh, uh, know how to prepare for the bowl game and who to allocate reps to. But it, it'll be fun because not only are you going to be able to go see a, a good team play led by a good quarterback with a good offense, uh, but you'll also get a chance to see some of the younger guys who will maybe have a chance for next season uh, get their get their opportunity against a really quality opponent. Of course, uh, it's Longhorns and Washington in the Alamo Bowl on the 29th. What'd you make of the matchup, Joe? When uh, when you heard about it, Washington's one of those teams. It's been a little surprising in the Pac-12 to end up at 10 wins. Got a big win at Oregon. Uh, I'll admit I haven't watched the Huskies play a ton this year. How'd that matchup strike you? You know, this may be uh, Pete Kwiatkowski's biggest test, and it's against a uh, uh, you know, a uniform that he knows all too well, considering the no, time true, yeah. spent up there before heading to um, heading to Texas. You know, I, I've been able to see uh, Kalen DeBoer uh, do some really good stuff on offense in the past few years. You know, it really started with Michael Penix Jr. at Indiana when they had their big season. Uh, he went and took the Fresno State job and had, I think his name is Jake Hafner or Jake Keener, uh, but a really fun quarterback out in Fresno who put up big numbers in the non-COVID season. Once it was Jimmy Lake's time to go uh, from Washington, they made that hire, uh, reunited with Penix, and have just had a lot of really good offense over the past couple uh, over this past year. 
defense, it, it's a little bit uncertain because after Kwiatkowski left and after Jimmy Lake left, there was a lot of, you know, uh, uncertainty on that side of the ball, and maybe Texas can take advantage of that aspect of it. But this is a quality team. Uh, they've got they've always been pretty well coached. Kalen DeBoer seems like he's continuing that, and uh, it's going to be a challenge for the Longhorns. And they're kind of lucky in this regard that not maybe not kind of lucky, but they do have a definite advantage that. They're going to have some home field crowd and be on their home turf, essentially. Joe, today is the official day guys can start putting their name in the transfer portal. And we know guys like Andre Carrick and Hudson Card are already moved on. But who do you expect to see on this current roster put their name out there? And if anyone could maybe put their name out there and have a possibility of coming back, do you see anybody on this current Texas roster doing that? You know, we, we – uh, we haven't really heard anything about who's going to go in. A lot of the guys already um, announced their intentions, and we're not big on speculating that type of thing. Of course, I know a lot of people are paying attention to Xavier Worthy, uh, considering rumors over the past few weeks and stuff like that. Seems like that's gone a little bit more in Texas direction, but you never know until you know for sure on this front. You know, I've been paying attention to this all day, and there are players just from all over the country, all levels, all levels of talent, you know, starting time, throwing their name in there. Chad, I know you've seen a few Aggies jump in there between <laughs> Eli Stowers and uh, a couple others. So in, even some Sooners have gone in there. Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech quarterback, who uh, had a big game against the Longhorns, he even put his name in there. Uh, so this is this is kind of a the first time uh, we're seeing something like this. The portal's been around, but it has the window hasn't been opening like this, and you see – you know, I think I checked at 9 a.m. or had someone check for me at 9 a.m. There was about 500-something. Uh, now, I think, you know, around the time of this call, there's a little bit more over seven. So 250 players, at least, have kind of jumped in in the past few hours. Um, and it's it's a lot of – it's it's really fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. So uh, we're, we're keeping track of it on Inside Texas and, and on my Twitter account, at JosephCook89, and uh, – should be interesting. We'll see what happens with the Longhorns. A lot of the guys who announced their intentions last week, their names are starting to appear. Uh, but guys, this week, uh, you know, we're seeing some guys who even didn't mention their their uh, intentions popping in there, and uh, you know, opening up a new recruitment in a new era of college football. Obviously, Joe. One of the ways to look at when you, one of the ways to look at the portal is what you're losing. One of the ways to look at the portal can also be you're kind of clearing the deck for what's coming behind it. Is there anybody that uh, that, that you've heard again uh, the guys that have made the announcement on social media that hey, I'm going into the portal? Is there anybody you're kind of hoping Steve Sarkeesian talks back out of the portal, or are you thinking this is a good clearing of the deck for what's coming? I think all the guys who are officially in there. Uh, that's kind of the, the way it, it's it's supposed to go. Because I think even Steve Sarkeesian even mentioned a couple weeks ago, you know, if you're thinking about it, you're already kind of there. Uh, you know, that I guess that's a little bit of a spin on Mac Brown's old kind of pregnant uh, comment. So um, I know that there's been some interesting names from other schools who jumped in. I, I think even a former Round Rock product and Ryan O'Keefe from Central Florida. Uh, he seems to be one of the biggest names in there. Of course, DJ Uyangale. Uh, that's the, the top name now that Westlake chap Cade Klubnick has kind of taken over for him and in, mm-hmm. in, in Clemson. We'll see what happens there. I mean, it, it's the quarterbacks are going to draw a lot of attention. You know, Devin Leary, Keaton Slovis, Phil Yurkovich, Drew Pine. 
Uh, Hudson Card obviously joined in there to, or was in there today, as was reported last week by Inside Texas. So, I mean, we've never we've never had a day like this, and it's it's kind of fun just to see all the different sites track and reporters track, and uh, you know, just see who jumps in. I mean, Jadavian Clowney's son, is, or excuse me, his his brother is in there. Jay Feely's son, who was at Arizona State, was in there. Zach Calzada is trying to find another SEC West school. It looks wow. like to to wow. go to so. Man, this one's a this is a, a wild day, and you know the Longhorns will benefit. I think over the past you, you know last week when names were jumping in, it was from a lot of the FCS schools who didn't make the playoffs or maybe got knocked out in in round one. And there are still some good players, uh, but this week you know with the uh, with the opening to all the non grad transfers from a lot of different schools. This is where you'll see guys who Texas maybe will start doing a lot more research on um, and starting to reach out to a little bit more um, in the coming weeks. And, you know, as they are also trying to balance preparing for a bowl and signing a 2023 recruiting class. Joe, the college football playoff is set. Georgia will be taking on Ohio State. Michigan will be taking on the Horn Frogs. Are you good with this? And how do you like the committee putting out the 12 team format for 2024? You know, I, I think if, if they were going to expand, I like eight more. Uh, I still think, you know, you have to remember, even with NIL, that's um, a lot of games for, for these younger guys to uh, be playing. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, it's going to be fun. I think that even with the expansion, the fact that they did the home site playoffs is a very, very, uh, it's not even a silver lining. It's a bright ray of sunshine in that. Imagine, you know, Texas, if they make it back to the, the standing they think they're supposed to, being the number 11 or number 12 team and going to Happy Valley in December. Man, that sounds like a lot of fun and <laughs> an experience you, you've never even thought of. Uh, so I do like that aspect as far as this year, um, as with the the playoff, you know, <laughs> was there even a was the was there even a need for four teams? I think you had the top three teams uh, this year made it in the top three, and they had to find a fourth to throw in. Um, Ohio State was a beneficiary of that. I don't. I'm not a big Ohio State person, um, not at all. But I think compared to Alabama and maybe even a little bit Tennessee, uh, they definitely were more deserving of that fourth spot. Um, but yeah, this is kind of one of those years where there's only three schools and you can't really make it work that way. So hopefully, uh, you know, not a big Georgia person either, but I wouldn't mind seeing them dispatch of the Buckeyes and then Michigan and TCU, man, styles make fights. And I wonder what type of uh, style that one will take on. And to me, it seems like it'll be Michigan's, uh, type of fight, uh, just bowling over the TCU unique style of defense. Speaking of styles make fights, Joe, what'd you make of the Big 12 championship game? What a blood and guts battle that was. Uh, TCU didn't get it done. They ultimately end up in the playoff. But what'd you make of uh, K-State's win? I mean, that says a lot about what uh, Chris Kleiman has done um, in Manhattan. And I think it also speaks a lot to what Colin Klein, their offensive coordinator, was able to do, uh, especially with Will Howard. And especially after Malik Knowles went down, that's one of their best playmakers on the outside, he had a really uh, you know early early exit to that game, uh, but they were still able to make things work. And, and part of me wonders what would have happened had they gone with Will Howard from this jump. Um, Adrian Martinez, as Texas was a very big beneficiary of, uh, 
you know, they, they benefited big time from Adrian Martinez starting that game instead of Will Howard. And that may have been the difference in why Texas was able to win in Manhattan. If Will Howard gets the jump or gets the, the green light from the beginning, you know, we could be talking about how uh, TCU and K-State was a, you know, quarterfinal game in a sense, in essence. So, uh, but still, that's a lot of credit to them. Deuce Vaughn, uh, a phenomenal player, one of the best the Big 12 is, has had in, in a long time at that running back position. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Deuce here at the same time as, as B. John Robinson, so some of his shine, I guess, is a little bit uh, taken off. But, hey, he gets to walk away from his career most likely uh, with a Big 12 championship ring and a chance to play a pretty fun Alabama team um, in the Sugar Bowl. That should be fun for the Manhattan faithful. Yeah, that should be fun. That's big for Chris Klein and then the Wildcats. Let's go to basketball, Joe. The Texas Longhorns beat a really good Creighton team last week. Maybe not as good as we thought because that same Creighton team lost to Nebraska a few nights ago. Now they go to New York, Madison Square Garden to play an Illinois team who also just lost to a pretty good Maryland team. How do you think the Horns would fare against the final line you know, one lesson I've learned is uh, there's no reason to go play in the Maui Invitational anymore because it seems like all those teams that went out to the islands have, have struggled a lot. Um, you know, this will be a, a fun one because, uh, of course, you got Terrence Shannon, a big-time player from Texas Tech who transferred to Illinois, uh, Matthew Mayer, a Westlake, former Westlake forward who uh, is now at Illinois for Brad Underwood. Um, and Illinois has got a little bit of size. I don't think they have anybody like Ryan Kaltbrenner who's just going to pound the paint, but they have a 6'10 guy who can score from, you know, looks like all different levels. Uh, so it's a good thing Dylan DeSue should be, I mean, as, as Chris Beard said it this morning over Zoom, he expects him to be full go after being kind of limited uh, in the late stages of that Creighton game. Um, this is going to be a, a big game for the guards. Uh, going to be, a, I think it's going to be a big game for for Dylan Mitchell, and it's going to be a game just to kind of test the cohesiveness and what Chris Beard likes to call the culture of this team. They're on the road; they're not in Texas for the first time, I think, this year. Uh, so they had to travel. Of course, New York's a fun place to play. Get a little bit; of, you could get distracted, but you get to go play in the Garden, get to play in the Jimmy V Classic, playing a good team. Uh, this is a lot to prove, and you know they came out at, at Texas near number two or one in Ken Palm, number two in the AP poll. But the net rankings, which is what the NCAA uh, selection committee uh, weighs heavily as far as uh, as far as you know seeding teams, they're number twelve, and that's even with wins over Gonzaga, over um, Creighton, um, and with a kind of weak-ish remaining slate of their non-conference schedule ahead after Illinois. So this is a chance to basically go 3-0 and in their pr- three premier non-conference games. And if they're able to do that and beat up on some of the teams that they also have scheduled, that'll have them not only with a really strong resume, but looking good, feeling good going into Big 12 play when that starts when the calendar turns. Yeah, tomorrow night it is a 6 o'clock tip, another early tip for Texas at the Garden against Illinois. That is Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com at josephcook89 on Twitter as well. Joe, we appreciate the time, man. We appreciate you joining us each and every Monday throughout the football season. We may leave you alone for a while, but you know we're not going to lose your number. But we thank you for uh, for all the time, man, um, and uh, thanks for jumping in with us. Absolutely. Every Monday works for me, guys.
Thank you, brother. Thank you, Joe. All right, brother. That is Joe Cook inside. We never want to presume around here. We never want to presume, you know, because about this is the time of year when Brian Jones tells me to lose his number. So, so yeah. I just have to, we have to kind of check with everybody. But we love having Joe on, uh, and we will certainly continue to do that from time to time. Thanks to him for his time. Uh, lots of football on the board. Up next, let's talk a little high school football. The crazy game with Vandegrift and Dripping Springs, and the All Flex finalist will be announced tomorrow throughout the day on the horn we'll give you that schedule as well in case you are an interested parent coach or player stay with us it's the horn when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply There you go. The song is very subtle. Very subtle. You got to just keep it nice and chill. You don't want to come right out and say it. Okay? You don't. You certainly don't want to name the song that. Or maybe you do. All right. White Snake, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the great David Coverdale. And White Snake with Slide It In. That is right. Oh, one of my favorite voices in hard rock. Mr. Coverdale, Deep Purple back in the day. This would be right before, right before Whitesnake really hit big back in the day. Uh, Unfortunately, they're done because David can't sing anymore. They had a deal on the last tour. He was going to do one more tour, but then something happened. Uh, He's going through an illness and it affects the voice. So I hope Coverdale's doing well. Whitesnake, The Pretenders, and Wings starting us off today. We're off to a good Monday. Yeah. We're off to a good Monday. Now, this song, or maybe White Snake in general, you said hard rock. So uh, what's the difference between hard rock and metal? With White Snake, I would go more of a, to me, they, they strike me as like a hard rock band. I guess some people would want to call them hair metal, but I don't, White Snake was around long before that. So I'm I'm the nerd that'll try to categorize it a little bit. Yeah, that's why I asked you, because I, I, I know you're going to put it in the Different genre. I think it's a little insulting to call White Snake hair metal. Did they have big hair at one time? Yes. And were they a big deal during an era when people called stuff hair metal? Yeah, but with Coverdale's history, I don't really want to. I, I, I kind of try to put them in a different category. So I would call them just a good hard rock band, and they had a nice run in the eight in the eighties. Okay, because yeah. this was on my heavy metals classic. Was it playlist? Yeah, so, I know uh, some know. people call it metal. I know, I know. Uh, but no, White Snake was good. I saw White Snake open for Motley Crue Ooh. at Reunion Arena in Dallas. All right, it was a good night. That was good. At about eighty seven, eighty eight, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, that was good stuff. All right, so uh, we got a lot to get into today, football wise. Let's go ahead and get into the flex segment because we got stuff coming tomorrow, and there was a big game on Friday, and teams advance. Let's go. 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, uh, flxatx.com. That's where I am right now on the scoreboard page. A lot of great games over the weekend. Congrats. Let's start with the biggest the biggest of dogs. Yo. Westlake did it again. They beat San Antonio Brennan by 40. Like That shouldn't be happening at this time of the year. 47 to 7? How is this still happening Man. at this time of the year? It's impressive. The, in the fourth round, it beating is. people by 40? Yeah. Gosh, man, this team... They are wow. they are something regional champs and they are moving on to the semifinals. Westlake Wyatt, we run out of things to say. Wyatt, yeah, y'all wh- cold. I know that <laughs> y'all cold as hell. I want to say he had a fumble recovery or something big. Like Wh- Wyatt Dollar did. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, y'all cold as hell. That's what we gonna say. Y'all serious? Yes, no doubt, no doubt. Yes, yeah, shout out to uh, to Wyatt Dollar, a uh, f- apparently frequent listener to the show. <laughs> he works that in during class time. We appreciate that. Wyatt, shout out to you, big ninety, uh, big ninety one there for uh, for, it, for Westlake. It gets real this week though; they got a tough one. Yeah, I talked to um, I talked to Craig over the weekend, and they're playing Galena Park North Shore. That's right? right. And Craig said, "I knew North Shore was good." He said they looked even better than I thought they would. Ooh. He said, "He said I still think Westlake wins the game, but I think a lot of people still think Westlake wins." He said, "I think there's a test coming though." He said, "North Shore looks really good." So we'll see what that one looks like this weekend. Also, the Vandegrift Dripping Springs game, man. Wow. It, for me, it turned into like Terminator 2 or Empire Strikes Back, or for those of you who love Godfather 2, it was a hell of a sequel. 27 24 Vandegrift. Uh, Zay, what'd you think of that one? One of the best games I've ever seen. And shout out to Dripping Springs for a hell of a year. I know they made. Their little suburb proud dripping that that they were incredible all season long. But you got to give love to the Vandergrift Vipers. I mean, a 19 play drive, and on the final play of that drive, y'all forced a fumble on Austin Novaside. God, is that how long that drive was? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize it was 19 Oh, it plays. took forever. I kept looking at the scoreboard like, yo, man. They, they kept calling timeouts. They kept getting uh, first downs on fourth downs. And it was yeah. it was very impressive. But, you know, there was a lot of talk about what happened at the end of the game. I've seen a lot of different video clips. Did I you thought, get a good vantage point no, on it? horrible. I was on the very opposite. Okay. I was on the field, but I was on the other side. See, I was up kind of midway, and I was at around the 50-yard no. line. I had a good perspective on the game, but I did not have a it good was, look at that play it was like a movie because you hear everybody on the drip side at first go crazy yeah <sighs> i thought he was in then the three second pause happened and then you just hear vandergriff's side go ballistic yeah and i thought he was in too people on the drip side say he was in and then lost it and by the way credit to the the broadcast crew merle and those guys and we made a promo out of it y'all will hear this week they realized it pretty fast. They did. He said, Merle said, we're waiting for the officials. But then one of those, one of the analysts said, I think Vandergriff's got the ball. Vandergriff. So I think they realized pretty quickly what it was. We talked to somebody that went down to that goal line, and he said he saw the ball pop out pretty fast. There's one video that I've seen, which is the best video I've seen. I don't know who put it out there. It was like somebody was breaking it down. But I want to say we put it out there on Flex ADS. Okay. I think we retweeted it. But oh, I the, gotta ball, go watch that the ball is out very early before really anything happens. 
okay. type of thing. So, and I saw I saw this this week with the Houston Texans versus the Browns. Their quarterback. This was the opposite, though. They're on. Uh, oh, when Allen was zone. coming out, the one where yes. Allen dropped the ball. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So it could definitely happen, but yeah, it looked like they Novasad just lost the ball, like it slipped or something, and got out early, and the Vandergriff guy scooped it, and then there was a big pile, and everybody was looking at the pile, but the ball was already gone, and yeah, what a way to end the game. That was incredible. So congrats to the, the, the guys that I'm reading that were in on the hit. Ian Witt, Big 61, Damian Wimberly, 99 that a lot of people know, and Oliver Yindo, 42, who's the other defensive end. They apparently are the ones that made the hit. And Diego Delavera, I think I heard a Vandergriff fan uh, call him DDV. Uh, he's the one that covered. He's the one that ended up with the ball. Uh, and then Vandergriff runs the clock out. Braden Buchanan gets a big first down on third and five, and the game was over. Well, I loved how hype he got after that Dude. first down. He looked in that stands, and he what gave they, a huge roar, and I could feel it from where I was standing. I was like, yeah, that's that's ball game right there. I yeah. performance. It was cool, man. I got to watch it again with this friend of mine who's had three sons go through Vandergriff. So to watch it through the dad's eyes, you know, uh, right now what the son that's there, is, uh, he's been a little banged up. He wasn't in the game. But still, you could feel how much it meant to him and the people around us. And we saw Miles Coleman's dad before the game, and um, he's like, I know you're ready for this game. I hear you talking. About it all the time, um, so it was really cool to see that that reaction. And uh, but it was an incredible game when um, when you consider some of the stats. I didn't realize it till afterwards. So Dripping Springs had the ball for 33 minutes out of the 48. Let me give you the comparison there. That's 69% of the clock time. That's more than if you did 40-20 in a regular like a pro or college game. That's how long they had the football. And Zay, I thought the story of this game was going to be. Oh my God, Drip just went straight vanilla ice cream run game and pounded Vandegrift to, into submission. But in the end, it was Vandegrift that made the bigger plays in yeah. the game. Yeah, they had a huge fourth down sack on Novasad at one point. Like, was that fourth or third down? That was a fourth down. That was fourth down. And he was I, a little banged up afterwards. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. And but. I don't know if, I, if I'm Drip, I don't know if I go for that fourth down. It was t- the, the yardage, the, the, yard, the line of scrimmage, like the field position told me to go, but it was like fourth and six, seven, eight, something like that. I don't know if I go there. That was, that was Yendo's sack. Mm-hmm. They had another big stop with, with Wimberly. Uh, and Yendo coming together. But here's the other thing I'm going to give Drew Sanders credit for. On two big third downs, did you notice that they put Miles Coleman in on defense? No. They put Miles Coleman in one time to cover Garen Duncan and one time to cover Cook. And both times they didn't convert just because of the sort of confusion of let's put that kind of, they put speed on him and then he would get it, he got his hands on him, played a little bit of bump and run because we know we can do both. We know we can run. So. But, and then I turned to my buddy, and I'm like, hey, what's Coleman doing in on defense? Does he do this a lot? And he looked at me, and he said, I've never seen that. And, and then I talked to another guy who said, maybe in the last game it happened one or two plays. Throw the whole kitchen sink at him, coach. Brilliant stuff. And the throwback pass to the punter. Oh, that was terrific. Sorry, to the is he the backup punter? Or no, he's the current punter, I think. He took the snap, threw it out to Buchanan. Buchanan throws it back to him. Everybody's attention was going to Coleman and Middleton down the field. Yeah. It was brilliant stuff. And then the Middleton touchdown came right after that. The Middleton touchdown was, right was huge. Dripping Springs ran 77 offensive plays, and Vandergriff ran 38. That was the di- that's the that's how big a difference it was. Dripping Springs, sixty five rushes in the game. You know who I think was thrilled watching that game, Zay? 
Dave Aranda. <laughs> Novasad went 7 of 12, 94 yards and a touchdown. And if you were there, some of those throws were impressive. Yeah. But he wasn't the story. His arm was not the story of that game. Their receivers were not the story. They decided they were going to pound on Vandegrift, and it almost worked. They came within a half yard of pulling that off. I thought we were about to see Buchanan with a minute and a half trying to go get some points. Yeah, and you would like to think at the end of the game, let's put it in our big-time all-state quarterback's hands and give him the ball right right at uh, the goal line yeah. to have him go put it in for a touchdown, and now we're going into next week playing against Katie. Like, how could you not right. want that? And the he's guy's a- going the better. We've been talking about him all season yeah. long. Let's put the ball in his hands to win the game. It's just unfortunate, and you got to give love to Vandegrift for making a huge play and a huge stop, and now they're advancing and playing Katie. Yeah, and Novosad's a big enough kid. That's exactly what you do. Yeah. It's exactly what you do. Yeah, that's just- what people are getting after Sonny Dykes for not, for not doing, doing it right. with Max Duggan. Exactly. Like, that was the perfect call. Like, Doug, Duggan might have passed out before yeah, he got he, the snap. Yeah, I think he was about to die on the field. It oh was very dramatic. And, you know, Sonny Dykes was thinking, how can I put this guy and let him get hit like this? Does he even have enough? You know that was going through his mind. Man, Max Duggan, he had his teams carrying him off, like Pippen carrying Jordan in the flu game and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I get that. And that call against uh, for Dripping Springs to have it with Novosad on the goal line, that was the right move. It was, yeah. By the way, shout-out to Jack Tyndall of Dripping Springs, 151 yards rushing. He was a stud, touch, had a touchdown in the game. They had a drive that was him, like eight or nine plays, all carries by him for a touchdown to make it 17-7. But in the end, it was Vandergriff making the biggest plays. Alex Witt had a big-time run right about – I think it was right then at 17-7 after – Dripping Springs had made their statement with a running back. We talked about the running backs on yeah. Friday. They, they, they could be big. And Witt rolls off that 56 yard. They had a drive that was fit him for like 56, 58 yards, and then he finished it with a short run, and that really kind of calmed down the Vandergriff side of things. Uh, Vandergriff will take on Katie in the semifinals, and we'll have it for you on 101.9 and AM 1260. It is a 1 o'clock kick on Saturday at the Alamo Dome if you want to check it out. Also, uh, a big shout-out to Lago Vista for a great season. They did lose to Wimberley. Congrats to Wimberley for advancing. 49-30 that final. Harker Heights had a hell of a season. They fell to DeSoto. That is not an embarrassment because no. that, that DeSoto team can play ball. We've been talking about them throughout the year. Congrats to Liberty Hill. Staying alive. 60, staying alive. 63-43. They did more than stay alive. Yeah. They advance. Uh, Granger, yeah. Granger did lose to Burton. Um, I heard Liberty as as Hill didn't teams. throw one pass in the game they won. They didn't. No. And did you hear about the crazy play at the beginning? I did not. Towards the beginning of the game, they had a play where two of their guys broke collarbones on the uh, same play, and it was a scoop and score for the other team. Like 99-yard scoop and score. That's unfortunate. But they have enough running backs, and they just do what they do, that they still grind it out. I mean, they still whipped them by 20. Yeah. Crazy. All right, so uh, also remember, tomorrow it is the All-Flex finalist day. We are going to be announcing the All-Flex finalists throughout the day, starting in the morning. With Bucky and Aaron, 7.30 a.m., they'll announce the quarterback finalist. At 8.30 in the morning, it'll be the running backs. 10.30 during Light the Tower, it'll be kickers and punters. And the 11.30 uh, or so in that 11 o'clock hour, offensive line, including centers. We're going to do those separately. Offensive line, one category, centers in another. For our show tomorrow, we'll go linebackers and D-line at 1 o'clock. 
1.30. Long snappers, our man Cameron Parker is going to come in and join us talking about uh, the finalists tomorrow. 3.45, wide receivers and DBs with Harge and Rod. And then at 5 o'clock, the return specialists before we get you to Texas basketball. Tomorrow is finalist day for the All-Flex teams. going to be an exciting day tomorrow, Zay, uh, to get to let everybody know. We've got the list in front of us. We're letting coaches know tomorrow we can let everybody know. There's a lot of talent in this area, man. Ton of talent. Jeez. It's ridiculous, but it's beautiful, ridiculous. I mean, the talent in the state of Texas, yet alone this central Texas area. That's why you see guys like Garrett Wilson and Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger and Baker Mayfield in the NFL. We we want to see those guys that we talk about tomorrow. They're going to do big things just like those guys I just named. So I'm excited about tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be fun. going to be fun. And, again, we'll hit you with the uh, linebackers and D-line about – one o'clock. Also, uh, stay tuned. HornFM.com. Find out all the information on that event on Wednesday over at Waterloo Ice House, 360 and 2222. We're celebrating those finalists. If you're a finalist, you can come pick up your certificate on Wednesday as well. Coming up at two o'clock, Cowboys blast the Colts. And if you're a Cowboys fan, why you got to be paying attention tonight. Up next, it's where we at in society with Isaiah. We'll see where he wants to go. Did Kanye do anything over the weekend? Let's hope not. This is The Horn. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future. Coming on, I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless. Yeah, this will fall into the category of I know it, I've heard it, but I don't know who does it. Is he sounds a little British, maybe? I don't know. It's a group. Nah, I don't know. Who is it? Gorillas. Gorillas. Clint Eastwood. Okay. Maybe their most famous song. I don't know. Gorillas with a Z at the end, correct? Yes. Yeah. One of those bands that I always love the name. Uh, love the name. I like everything I hear. I've not uh, dug into the Gorillas catalog yet. Gorillas, White Snake, The Pretenders, and Wings, unfortunately. It's just impossible to know all the music. Wish I could. Wish I could, but I wish I could just take like a vacation, just a week's vacation and do nothing but listen to music, but it's just not realistic. No. It's become harder and harder as I age to listen to albums, to find time to listen to albums. Yeah, it's... It's weird. Yeah, I try to make myself do it, and then, uh, yeah. Because I felt like when I was a teenager, that's all I did. I know. That's all my kid does. Yeah. Yesterday, she said, so we watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing, and my wife said, hey, you might want to check out some Carly Simon, because she's gotten into some singer, female singer-songwriter stuff. And then yesterday, she said, yeah, I was going up. She's doing like a, a little Christmas present for somebody that involves her painting. She's real artsy and stuff. And she said, yeah, I was working on the Christmas present, and I listened to two Carly Simon records while I did. Oh, jeez. <laughs> listened to two albums. It's like, well, and, and I started to feel bad. I'm like, wait, I was working. I was watching the NFL. I can't, I can't yeah. be listening to albums at the same time. Um, can't do it. All right, so uh, shout out to our crew at The Horn and at Flex. Uh, there's some. There's a, a great image uh, that they're they're saying best angle user submission, um, and I just retweeted it. 
of the Vandegrift Dripping Springs play. And then there's a video breakdown. I've not watched all of it, but somebody is uh, the, the, it's got about a 40-second video down on that end, somebody in that end zone breaking it down. So you can set, but there is an image which is wild. Now I know what the guy saw that was on the goal line talking to us. Because if you're lined up with that goal line, Zay, you see it. It's right underneath Damian Wimberly as Wimberly is holding Novasad up, helping to stop him. That ball is on the ground, sitting at the one-yard line. Yeah. Just right there at the half-yard line. Which would explain, as Craig has talked about with the rule, some people wondered, well, why, if Vandergriff covered it, why wouldn't they get a touchback there? Because they didn't cover it in the end zone. They covered it there. They covered it in the field of play, and then Braden Buchanan was able to do what Josh Allen could not, which is get off the one-yard line effectively. Yeah. So uh, congrats to Vandegrift, man. It was a heck of a game, 27-24. We talked about that. We'll continue to, I'm sure, talk about that game for a while. Vandegrift trying to uh, get to a state title game if they can beat Katie, I believe it was back in 2014, if I'm reading correctly. That's the last time they were in the semis. They lost to Temple back then. We'll see if they can get by Katie in these semifinals. All right, let's go where we at in society, see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay. All right, well, speaking of transfer portal, a coach has left, and the biggest story has been Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State, the HBCU, to go to the Pac-12. Yes, the spot we talked about briefly last week. I didn't think he was gonna go because he is everything but Colorado. But <laughs> those people up there have enough faith in him to give him a five-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal, which he definitely wasn't getting that at Jackson State. So I can't fault the man at all. He's bringing that big-time cornerback with him. That was one of the best recruits. Somehow he finessed him into going to Jackson State, so he'll be transferring from Jackson State to Colorado to be with. Yeah, is it Hunter the last yeah, name Travis on that Yeah, Travis Hunter. Yes. Travis Hunter, yeah. that's it. And then I think his son, Deion Sanders' son, the quarterback, he'll be also transferring to Colorado. So I have not seen it yet. I heard that at the press conference at Colorado, he literally tells his son to stand up in the back of the room and says to everybody, that's your quarterback right there. I heard that too. I did not. I haven't seen it yet. Now the audio that I do have for everybody, oh, including yourself, yes. is what he told the current Colorado football team before he dipped. Now this is a wait. Seven current day, Colorado or current Jackson State? Colorado. Current Colorado. Dip. Okay, got gotcha. you. Before, before, yeah, just, you'll okay. you'll listen to it. You'll get the gist. Of I got it. you. This is about thirty-five seconds. All right. Now the full clip's about seven minutes. We don't got ha- we don't have time yeah. for that. But this is what stood out. Listen to this. And listen to how bogus and Dion this is. <laughs> we got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louie. I'm cut. It ain't going to be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's going to be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're going to get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart. Say that smart. Smart. Tough. So not only does wow. he say get in the portal, he makes them say along with him. How about smart? Smart. 
Tough. Tough. Get your ass in the transfer portal, though. As in, you're not smart or tough enough, so get out of here? What? Then, I don't know if you heard the first part correctly. He goes, I'm bringing my luggage with me, saying, basically saying he's bringing guys, and it's Louie. And it's Louie. So that means big time, guys. So he makes, that was a Louis Vuitton reference? Is that what he was doing? <laughs> I don't know big time luggage, but I think I know that reference. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the, the best part is what he says. Say it with me, smart, smart, and whatever. Yeah. I, come on, dog. After you're basically saying these guys were horrible, which they were. Colorado was awful this year, which is why he has the job. But basically saying, I'm getting rid of majority of you guys, so y'all might as well go in the portal anyway. We're bringing in top-tier elite Louis Vuitton talent. Wow. And, yeah. That's crazy, Be prepared. Man. But somehow – Stay locked in in the football mindset to recite what I'm reciting. Like, I don't, it was, it's a weird video, but it's Deion Sanders. I can't be much surprised. So, if I'm at the back of the room there, do I turn to my buddy and say, So, do we get an exit meeting now, or was this the exit <laughs> meeting? This is the meeting probably that we're done. Yeah, it's hard to follow. It really is. That's, that's crazy. All right. So, Dion, yes, did accept the job at Colorado. Couple other notes before we hit the end of the hour. DJ Uyungalale at Clemson, the biggest name in the transfer portal, but there are others. Keaton Slovis of Pitt reportedly is into the portal. The linebacker uh, from OU, Clayton Smith, I saw is in the portal. And then Zay, I am baffled by this one. Uh, now two Aggie quarterbacks in the portal. Eli Stowers was mentioned earlier. Uh, Stowers was mentioned by um, Joe Cook earlier. But Haynes King, why wouldn't Haynes King want a third year in College Station? Things have gone so <laughs> smoothly for him. It's just been nothing but rose petals and butterflies for him. Yeah, Hanks King knows. He sees the writing on the wall. It's going to be, oh boy, what, Connor Wesman? Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman. I don't even know his name right. But, yeah, that's, I guess that's who Jimbo's rolling with. And with how this season went, with everybody, you got the kids, you know, liking tweets, talking about the freshmen, just getting the bag and dipping and stuff like that. It's just been toxic in College Station all year long. And you can't help but understand guys wanting a fresh start. Yeah, we'll see how many of those players end up in the portal. And then was there anything to the win over LSU that meant anything? Was that really substantive just for one night? And that was A-Chain showing up to play and all that? Or is it something that they could actually build on? We will see. Here's another name going into the portal. Austin Stogner, the tight end that was at OU and then went to South Carolina. He'll go in, He's going in the portal today as well. All right, well. Speaking of, you know, Dion's talking about luggage and Louie and all that stuff. Boy, these kids are well-traveled now. Yeah. Know how to do. I heard a lot of kids are lining up to try to play with Deion Sanders too. I could, I could see that. A ton. Yep. Yeah, that swagger that uh, Colorado had years and years ago, uh, maybe, uh, maybe about to come back with Dion. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people in Colorado understand that he, you ain't getting that same Jackson State Dion that you're getting up there in Boulder because those are two completely different cities. And completely different oh, just yeah. areas and expectations of whatever you're trying to get with Deion Sanders. I think he understands he can't be bringing that style at Jackson State mm-hmm. up to Boulder. So that here, just ain't happening. I don't know if he's been asked yet. You think he can ski? <laughs> Deion's a great athlete. He can do anything. You think he can ski? Yeah. 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 I wonder if he's ever been. He probably thinks he can ski. Well, but he- don't expect Colorado to get a step team or nothing. Or don't expect Colorado to have no Battle of the Bands or any brother in the stands eating ribs with a lighter or anything like that. That ain't going to be happening at Colorado. Is Dion going to ride Ralphie? Can he ride, is he going to ride Ralphie out onto the field? 
That'd be pretty cool. That'd be that swag. Would be cool. That'd be swag. That'd be swag. If he could pull yeah. it off. Plus, he doesn't even have to change that that little comment he kept saying over and over again. He just needs to slightly alter it. If I ain't pack, who's pack? If I ain't pack, who's pack? <laughs> he better not say no, that. No, he better not. Hopefully, he that doesn't. That would be so weak. The the swack one was bad enough. Like, the uh, swack wasn't the best. Dion, you went to Florida State, man. You were yeah. like the number one recruit on earth. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'll knock Dion for leaving. Go ahead, get your paper, dog. Yeah. And he has said the whole. He's been consistent the whole time about looking at opportunities. Yeah, he's absolutely done that. So he's headed to Boulder. A lot of stuff to get to uh, there. Transfer portal day. Plus, the Cowboys do that to the Colts. And why? If you're a Cowboys fan, you need to be paying attention tonight. Uh, we got hour number three coming up on the Horn.